sorrow into bliss, nor rest till he had planned to bring me nigh. How wonderful is love like this! Such love, such, love, such wondrous love, such love, such love, such wondrous love, that God should love us sinners such as I. How wonderful is love like this, that Christ should join so freely in the scheme, although his meant his death on Calvary, did ever human tongue find nobler thing than love divine that ransomed me. Such love, such, love, such wondrous love, such love, such, love, such wondrous love, that God should love us sinners such as I. How wonderful is love like this, that for a willful outcast such as I, the Father planned, the Savior bled and died. Redemption for a worthless slave to buy, who long and long in grace devour. Such love, such, such wondrous love, such love, such, such, such wondrous love, that God should love us sinners such as I. How wonderful is love like this! And now he takes me to his heart of son. He asks me not to fill a servant's place. The far-off country wanderings all are done. Wide open are his arms of grace. Such love, such wondrous love, such love, such wondrous love, that God should love us sinners such as I. How wonderful is love like this? Thank you, young people. Such love. If you could turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 33, 22, please. Such love. Isaiah 33, 22. Such love. Wow. God would love. A sinner like I. So, we have today a uh, sinner saved by grace speaking to other sinners. So, I'll pray for you to have God's love as you listen to me. Mm. So, let's, uh, let's begin with, with uh, seeking the Lord's help today. Let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to look into your word today. And I pray... All you forgive me of my sin and, and cleanse me. I pray that uh, the verses that you've laid upon my heart would be a help for here's my friends and family and, and whoever's here in the hearing. That you would get the glory 
and that our hearts would be encouraged in the Almighty God Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so <clears throat> Isaiah thirty-three twenty-two. For the Lord is our judge. For the Lord is our lawgiver. For the Lord is our king. He will save us. Has anyone ever asked you who's got, who God is? And how did you answer them? I think this verse uh, that we just, they're looking at today has a pretty good outline to answer that question of who God is. And it's interesting that the order that it comes in as well. Judge, lawgiver, king, and I'll paraphrase the last, verse, the last portion of that verse, savior, he saves us. So we're, I desire to look at these four different titles today and consider what the Bible says about each. First, let's look at the title, Judge. It has attached to it the idea of authority, honor, and respect. When we consider the position of a judge in our court system, everyone has to rise and stand up at his entry into the courtroom. He is called the honorable judge so-and-so. He controls the actions in the courtroom, if not the jury deciding who's the outcome, uh, the judge sometimes gets to decide if a person is guilty or innocent. If guilty, he, he decides what the consequences of his guilt is. Now, in the United States, some judges are appointed by elected leaders, and some are elected directly by the people that reside over them. They, and some, courts, some court judges are higher than others. And, and, if, and if your case is really important, it might even make it to the U.S. Supreme Court. But there is one judge that is higher than all of these. It is the Lord God. And he is even a self-appointed judge. How do you like that? I mean, there's lots of us who like to kind of self-appoint ourselves as judges, you know, as we look around people and complain about this or that. Don't we? we fall into that category, huh? unfortunately, easily. But the Lord God judge it comes with something a little bit more powerful, and that is the, it includes ownership. Because he created everything and all of us. So he has a little more, he's a better platform to be the judge, let's say. Like if we look at Genesis 1-1, y'all know this, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It establishes who owns everything. And if we skip down to Genesis 1-31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. 
Let's, uh, let's uh, turn over to Psalms 19, verse 1. Psalm 19, verse 1, where it echoes some of the same concept of God being judge, owner. Psalm 19, 1, we read, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. <clears throat> this, go, this message goes out through all the earth in all times, echoing that amazing attribute of God and his created abilities, his designership. He owns it all. Therefore, the Lord God as owner judge has absolute say on all all things. You know, man's, the judges that we have here on earth, they can get bought off, bribed. They can make wrong decisions. They can be deceived. All these things God, can't happen to God. Fortunately. So the, the, the big difference between a human judge and God, the Lord God as judge, is the Lord God is also always a perfect judge. He does not have to listen to people present their case. You know, because there's some pretty slick willies here. They can really talk, a smooth talk, and be very convincing. <laughs> it does a little good with God. Because he already knows what, exactly what have, has happened. And he knows the motive behind the action, too. He knows our hearts. He sees right through our fake smile or whatever facade we want to try to put on. Some people are pretty good actors. Uh, but you cannot fool God. Let's turn to Psalm 44, 21. Psalm 44, 21. You can't fool God. Shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. You can't lie to God. Let's turn to Romans 2, verse 16. Romans 2, 16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Here again, pointing out God seeing all our secrets. Now, if we could skip back to Isaiah 33, 22. Uh, for the Lord God is our judge. The Lord God is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Who is the our and who is the us in this verse? 
Uh, we, you know, we know and understand that the, the, New, the Old Testament was written at a time for a people to the children of Israel. Uh, but we understand that from the New Testament, it's clearer than it's for all of us. If you turn to Romans 3, 1. Romans 3, 1. What advantage then hath the Jew, or profit is there of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. I mean, the children of Israel, they got the pleasure of writing down God's word and recording it and keeping it and passing it down from generation to generation to, for all the world to see. And then let's turn to Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. This is one of our you know favorite verse to turn to. Second Timothy three sixteen. You probably have it all memorized in your hearts. Explaining how and about the Bible, its purpose, its value, its use. Second Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So who is God judge over? It's, it's not just the Israelites. Uh, it's, it's the Gentiles too, um, Let's look at some verses from the New Testament to make that very clear. Uh, if you could turn to Revelation 20, 11. Revelation 20, 11. We're going to look at a few verses that God is, is judge for all mankind. We'll look at this first example we're going to look at is is the great white throne judgment. And this is a judgment for the ones that reject the Lord Jesus, the ones that don't choose to get saved. Revelation twenty eleven, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And I saw, and, and, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works." And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So these verses point out that the unbelievers will face this judgment by the, the true judge, the only true judge, the only perfect judge. He sees everything and understands everything. There's no excuses before him. He's looking down at these people, and these are the people that have chosen to say no to Jesus. Say no 
to God's free gift. God is he's constantly wooing and offering this free gift of salvation. But these are, this is for the people that say, no, I don't want your free gift. Now, what about for believers? These are some familiar verses to look at for us as well. If you, uh, turn to 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2 Corinthians 5.10, and now the believers will face some judgment as well, but it's for their works. What kind of works did we have? We're still saved, but our works have to go through the fire. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done whether it be good or bad. Then turn to 1 Corinthians 3.11. 1 Corinthians 3.11. Talking about what we build, what we build on. 1 Corinthians 3.11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is, than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Jesus, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet as by fire. Oh, yeah. If your house burns up, you don't have a lot of stuff left over to show what you had when it burns up. Uh, so, like our work's done with our own vanity or pride. It's just the works that we do for the Lord, for Him, that are going to make it through this fire. How often do we do good works just to look good? Uh, we guard our hearts for that. from that. God sees right through our, our real motives. So let's remember him as judge. So it's clear, God is judge of all. Uh, if you could turn to Romans 14, 11. Romans 14, 11. Another reminder of who the judge is. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So another, another verse that echoes God as our judge. So if we get back to Isaiah 33, 22 again and look at that, we'll look at the next uh, title that comes up in that verse. We started with, uh, for the Lord is our judge. And the next one is, the Lord is our lawgiver. Let's consider this title for a moment, and, and I don't want to spend a lot of time comparing it to the 
the lawgivers here in America right now, in the United States, there's a lot to be proved upon there. We have plenty of lawmakers now and plenty of problems with them. And I'm sure everybody's frustrated with a lot of them. Well, thankfully, (laughs) there's still yet another one lawmaker that's perfect. And that's God. If you could turn to Psalm 19.7, we could rejoice in some of those laws and what it talk about. Psalm 19.7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. God's laws in the Bible, I mean, that's, when we look at the whole Bible kind of as God's laws, it's God's ways, it's God's principles. We look to it for how, to help us how we think on things. We look to it for, well, our founding fathers looked to it for how to make laws in our country, of course. Um, but, the, but the Word of God is, is, is powerful. Uh, you know this verse, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <clears throat> Here again, just like God, the judge, knowing what's really in our hearts as we read the Bible, it, is, it does a good job to expose what's in our heart so we, can, so we can see what's in our hearts, so we can respond and know and understand uh, God's terms, His desires, what, what He demands, um, It makes us pl- plain to us. Um, even well, look, look for more more verses here. Uh, we understand by the law that we're all guilty as well. Uh, turn to Romans nineteen. Romans nineteen. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, shall, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law points out that we're guilty, right? <clears throat> um, but what about the people that never have had the Bible? They don't have the law. What about them? 
Well, God addresses them too. Uh, turn to Romans 2.14. Romans 2.14. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in our hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So here we see that God has written his laws upon our hearts. So everybody's got that. So whether you have the Bible or not, you have a sense of God's laws written on your heart. So we're with or without the Bible. It's we're guilty. <laughs> uh, you're in Romans. Turn to chapter one. Chapter one, verse eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So God, according to this verse, God says, Everybody's without excuse. We can't meet God someday and say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> no. We are, we were talking about this the other, the other day, I guess. The questions were, were coming up about what happens to babies when they die. And uh, do they go to heaven and all that. And we we consider what David said about, about his son that died and, David said, I, uh, you know, he will not come to me, but I'll go to him, referring to seeing him in, in heaven someday. And, uh, so we talked about being born. We, we inherit the sinful nature of our mom and dad. And, but when a baby doesn't understand that, and at what age does that understanding come in that will be held accountable? Because eventually we see sin and understand, oh, that's, I shouldn't do that. And then, to make matters worse, we choose to do that which is wrong. Making ourselves guilty. Um... And what age that happens, I, I can't answer that. It's probably different ages for different individuals. But at some point, the, you, you, a child gets old enough to realize that he's a sinner and that he sins knowingly anyway, and, and then the guilt comes. So let's, let's start heading towards the, uh, the, uh, the better news here that we have for today. In this verse, uh, back to Isaiah 33, 22. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king. Let's look at the, the title, king. 
And that's interesting to consider because there, there's been a lot of kings here on this earth. And some you think are better than others. Uh, they're generally the leaders, right? You had to follow them. They are kind of like the visible face of a, of a people group. I mean, you think of the king and queen of England, you know, that's like it's all hype. It's, it's visible. You see it. They're like this living example. It's, it's, it's out there um, whether or not they have the power or not. But uh, <clears throat> some kings may tell, most do, <laughs> when you have power, you like to tell people what to do, right? We all like to tell people what to do. Hey, that's your job. You do that. That's your job. You do that. Uh, but there's other forms of government as well that are, that, are, that are just like a king would be. And even though our government's not designed to, be a, 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 to have a king in it, there can be abuse of powers beyond our Constitution that we write in and allow. Right. Um, so I notice the one big difference between God's kingdom and man's kingdom. It's interesting to think about um, God, man's kingdom sometimes has, uh, what do you call it, subjects? If you're in the kingdom, what are your subjects? What is that what they call The people of the kingdom. Uh, Sometimes it's voluntary. Other times it's like forced upon them. Like, you know, a, a people group led by a king was going to come in, attack this other people group, and then all of a sudden the other one wins over the other one, right? They, in battle, they go to battle, they boom, they're dead. Boom, they're dead. And, uh, sorry, wake you up. Uh, <clears throat> they take over, right? And this, the, the king of the 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 king of the people group that conquered the other kingdom takes charge of this other group and takes control and tells them what to do and how to live and where to live and what to eat and all this stuff. That is so different. If you think about this, it is so different than God's kingdom. Ever think about this? God's kingdom is completely voluntary. If you want to be in God's kingdom, you don't have to be. Ever think about that? God makes no one to come to heaven if you don't want to be there. Zero. It's all voluntary. It's kind of like our military that nobody wants to join now. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we had a military that was all volunteers. You know, the people that want to fight for the nation, protect us, and so forth. Uh, but God's kingdom is all voluntarily. He forces nobody to be in it. <laughs> but the consequences of that is what? The what's the alternative of not joining up with the Lord's army or not joining up with God's kingdom? You know, with, with your free will, which he, he doesn't make anyone join in. He gives us the free choice. We can either accept the Lord or reject the Lord. Accept them and go to heaven, free gift. Reject them and go to hell. Not be part of God's kingdom. Be in living darkness and hellfire forever and ever eternity. So it's an amazing choice 
about God's kingdom. Nobody is forced into it at all. Uh, Let's take one little quick example here. Uh, Turn to Luke 23.40. Luke 23.40. But the other, this is Jesus, Jesus on the cross. We've got a thief on each side of him right now. And one of them is kind of, he's he's very much repentive now at at this point. And he's rebuking the other thief. But the other answered, rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. When thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So here we have a, a volunteer to, to, to go to heaven, to go into the kingdom of God. And it, it's not coerced, it's not, pers- it's not. Forced, it's, it's, he's just seeking Jesus at this point, asking him, begging him. Uh, let's turn to Revelation 12.10. Revelation 12.10. And I heard a, voice, a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. No, no one will be forced into the kingdom of heaven. It is our choice to accept the gospel or reject it. In fact, to join up with the Lord's so-called army or so-called kingdom, uh, there's, there's, there's no mental or physical uh, requirements like there might be in our military. Um, you know, you got to be a certain degree of fitness to join our military, a certain aptitude, understanding, ability mentally to join our military. But there's, there's no requirements like that to go to the kingdom of heaven, fortunately, other than a humble heart, other than a willingness to admit that you're a sinner. He doesn't reject anybody that wants to come so uh, back to Isaiah 33 22 again for the Lord is our judge for the Lord is Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our king he will save us so that's the good part of this is that you know if you want to outline to present the truth of who God is you I mean, you go through those first three things, judge, lawgiver, king. They're going to be, if they understand this, they're going to be ripe and ready to receive the gospel. Because they're going to they're see their need. And if they're not saved, they're going to see their need. Let's just read the gospel definition. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, and then we'll be done. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. 
Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and what and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures very simple uh, once a person realizes judge lawgiver king I need the gospel. I need to be saved. I'm guilty. I'm in trouble. I need help. <laughs> That's where an individual needs to be at to get saved. Otherwise, they have no need of a Savior. Uh, so let's uh, try to remember these concepts when, we, when, when somebody asks ask us who, who God is. God's a lot of things, but these are three things that, three or four things that are all about him so let's pray heavenly father we thank you for the bible and we thank we're thankful for how it teaches us we're thankful that we have it in our language we can read it and understand it we thank you for all our missionaries that make it their their life goal purpose uh, to get out there to even take it further away from where we're at to other parts of the country, um, we're thankful we can be a part of that story. And uh, again, again, Lord, we're thankful that you're willing uh, to forgive us. Uh, like the song that was sang, sung earlier, what, what love, what love you have uh, to love us sinners. We just praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you want to... Take your hymnals and stand. We'll sing a song. <laughs>